We are moving through unprecedented times right now, folks. And what that means is, you guessed it, discomfort. Hey there, it's Shara Carruthers here, and it's been a very uncomfortable week for people all around the globe. Our beliefs are being challenged, our politics are being challenged, and the very foundations on which we know ourselves and make our choices are being shaken. In my mind, this is a good thing. Yeah, it's a scary thing, but one that I would argue yoga actually prepares us for. The ability to be with uncertainty, the impulse to inquire within, the willingness to hold space for those around us. These are the gifts of our yoga practice. And they're also the generous and unique talents of our guests today. You know, when we originally booked Shannon Crow for the show, we'd planned to focus on pelvic floor health, which is one, only just one of her areas of expertise. Shannon, she's a consultant and a mentor to yoga teachers, and she's the host of the Connected Yoga Teacher podcast and community on Facebook. And it's a growing community of yoga teachers from all around the globe. It's a welcoming space to ask questions and to share your wins and your fears and resources and more than anything to be supported. I've been a member of the group for a while and I can feel the work that Shannon and her team have done to make it a welcoming and supportive community for talking about all sorts of things related to yoga. And we talk a little bit about that in our podcast today. And so recently I reached out to Shannon and I asked if it would be okay to post a question or a discussion starter around the subject of the connection between yoga and politics. And in the past, you know, we talk about this too, politics have been kept out of the group in part because of how incendiary they can be these days, but also because of an unclear connection between yoga and politics. But Shannon was immediately, immediately open-hearted and intrigued by the question herself. And so she ended up putting her full support behind the post, which ended up getting, opening up a really interesting and engaged conversation in the group. And so Shannon and I, we kind of, we got to talking and we decided that we would have her on the podcast to share pelvic floor insights and the details of her upcoming online course. And then, and then the protests kicked off and basically took over the U.S. and the world and the hearts and minds of so many of us. And so in the end, we decided to move with that energy and to, and you'll hear that too at the beginning of our conversation, because we made that decision basically, you know, once we were already talking to her, um, once we turned, well, the microphones weren't on yet, but um, so we just decided to, to move with that and to focus our conversation around understanding um the connections between yoga and politics and the challenges for yogis of color and their white colleagues who are right now just trying just trying to figure out how to best acknowledge and support them. We talk about the challenges for folks of all colors in learning to speak each other's languages in a way that truly honors the history and the circumstances and the beauty in all of us. I got to tell you, this conversation was such a joy. Shannon is one of the most open-hearted and real people I know. And in our conversation, she shares her real fears and vulnerabilities in a way that will make you love her as much as we do. So please, please enjoy this conversation with Maria, me, and Shannon Crow. 
Okay. <laughs> I don't usually take a deep, that deep of a breath before starting. Before starting, uh, we are here with Shannon Crow. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in once again. It's Shara, Maria, and our lovely guest, Shannon Crow. I would have given and uh, I would have talked at the in the intro about Shannon, so you will know all about her. And we, Maria and I, are just super excited because. Shannon has got a lot of interests and a lot of uh, things that she's doing. And so that means that there's there's quite a bit for us to talk about. Um, but we thought kind of given where we are, the date that we are recording this is the second of June. We thought that given where we are, that we would we would kind of dive in and talk a little bit about community. And that's lucky because Shannon has created a community of yoga teachers. And so I kind of wanted to get a little bit of background from Shannon about where that all came from and um, how she got, how, yeah, where did it all come? <laughs> where did it all come from? How did you decide to create this community for yoga teachers? We'll kick off there and we've got lots of places we can go. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. I panicked for a moment thinking it's June the 2nd, but then I realized, oh yeah, it's June oh, the 1st here right. in Canada. <laughs> I lost a day somewhere in there. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm super excited to be here because I've been listening to your podcast and I feel like it's a really comforting place to hang out. Like I said before we started recording, it feels like I'm kind of hanging out with friends and having tea. Mm. And there are some great conversations happening here. So yeah. thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, in terms of where did the community start? So... I think from kind of a place of maybe like pain and discomfort, mm. <laughs> like leaving 200 hour yoga teacher training was the first shock. So it was mm. a year of yoga teacher training. And at graduation, you know, the 30 of us all said, we're going to get together every single month because we had been for a whole year. And then we never got together again <gasps> because it's a three hour drive. Uh, for me and lots of other people like life goes on and so it was kind of like we were in this bubble of meditation and everyone was studying together and all month we had homework um, like 40-day meditations and all kinds of things a lot of a lot of inner work and then boom we're out in the world and so I think that's what started feeling like I'm in community, but then I'm out. And then maybe the only way to get back in community is to take another yoga teacher training. <laughs> and so time and money like got eaten up pretty quickly. I mean, I did go to lots of teacher trainings. Yeah. But I started to also feel like there were different things uh, that were upsetting to me, like seeing a yoga culture be become like you're in if you're this or you're out mm. if you're not. And so I wanted there to be this collective place where we could all gather and ask questions that feel uncomfortable to ask and have discussions. And so the podcast was was born out of that and along with that, our Facebook group. That's exactly how it has felt to me. I mean, that's to me, it feels like a really safe place for a 200 hour yoga teacher to come in and ask any question you want. Do you know that there's nothing, no stupid questions in your in your podcast? And it's 
Mm. You, you, you cover everything because all of those things need to be covered. So I think you've hit it on the nose. And mm. some hear that that story who <laughs> mm. came to it. Yeah. One of the things that I, I mean, one of the things that I've certainly noticed as well, just myself over time, is that just like you said, community is such an important thing. It's such an important um, support for us as individuals and I suppose even collectively. And one of the things that I really love, I'm a member of the of the Connected Yoga Teacher Facebook group. And one of the things that I love is that it, it is exactly that. There's so much really interesting and open conversation going on in there. And I think it feels like a space where people feel, I suppose, allowed to kind of ask and to explore whatever is going on for them. And given where we are, given where we're going in the in the world at the moment, I mean, we and we'll definitely want to dive a little bit deeper into that. But did you I mean, get, we were just I don't even want to say coming through, but we are at some inflection point around this whole pandemic that's happening. Did you notice any or have you noticed um, what's been happening in the group sort of around that subject or has there been any shifts or? Yeah, there's been some big shifts in the group this year. Like yeah. 2020 was a year of I can't remember when it was where the team was like, before COVID hit, this is well before, maybe around between seven and 8,000 members, because we're yeah. just over nine now. Oh. Around that spot, all of a sudden, there were more posts, like more like, so we're pretty fussy on some of the posts. You can't just say, come to my event, because if 9,000 people post about their yoga event yeah. worldwide, that's all you'd see on the wall. And we really want it to be about questions and discussions. Yeah. And so we do share threads and we and we do it that way and we organize things and we have our list of rules like of of what you can and can't post. Yeah. And then the team and I wanted to take a weekend off and we're like, let's because we were all busy. Usually one of us can watch the group on the weekends, but we were all either in training or doing something and we were having a lot of th posts that we were going to have to delete. So. I was like, well, I was so reluctant to do this, and I don't know why at this point. But the team was like, let's put it on that it has to be pre-approved posts. And not many people spoke out. Like one person did say, why do all of my posts, like feeling like it was just them? I was like, oh, I need to do an announcement in the group that it's everyone. So it just means that our team can kind of sift through. Like mm -hmm. if somebody's trying to sell you sunglasses in there, we don't want them. <laughs> we want them out. And so they sift through and we we mark off the rules. When COVID hit, it was like there was a huge spike in comments that weren't as supportive and helpful. So that's the mm. one rule we always look at. Yeah. Would this comment all by itself, if someone said that to you in person or online, would you think, oh, that was that was helpful and supportive yeah. or not? And that's when we delete them. And some people will say, well, then you're um, kind of moderating her speech. And I say, well, it's like if I invited you to my house over for a party and you started being mean to my guests, I'd be like, I think you have to leave. Yeah. 
or I, or could we try saying this in a nicer way? Like there's, there's lots of conversation before that. Yeah. That builds the vibe of the group. Yeah. And so when COVID hit, I think everyone's nervous system was on in overdrive. So we yeah. saw a spike go up, but uh, overall the group holds that vibe. Once you mm. set the stage, people will report posts or kind of they'll get vulnerable. Yeah. If someone's reactive, it's, it's really an amazing group of people. And then today, this week, since Monday, um, with everything that we're dealing with, with Black Lives Matter, it feels like, I, I mean, I just got worried this week as the moderator. Mm. Am I holding space? Like, I feel like I need to make sure I'm learning at a fast rate here. Mm. Not just holding space, but someone said this yesterday, hold brave space. So... Yes, I saw that thing online that if you're posting, are you willing to put your body and your privilege and your livelihood at risk for it? And that's a really different thing to popping something up in solidarity, which we do so easily from our desks. Yeah. So that's that brave space is is well put. And how has that felt for you? Have, have, have you taken action or are you sitting back right now just to try to gauge what would be what would be appropriate? Well, I think for most of yesterday, I was wondering, have I shut down conversations that had to happen in the group? Because we're very strict about, you know, you can't be telling people what to believe, what to eat, or how to vote. Like, those mm -hmm. ones are really strong. No politics. Like, mm -hmm. but there are times when, like, yoga is so encompassing like yoga is relationship yoga is um how we treat each other in relationship like there's the whole philosophy of yoga so i guess i i think and i have like really i feel like i have no idea in this on so many levels but i know that i need to keep looking at my own like my own, I have to do my own inner work mm. to show up. And I really love what's happening this week in that we have this, well, this, um, like, I love how the shift is going towards let's give black people a voice this week. Let's close down our Instagram posts, our social media posts as white people and give space, give like respectfully give space for grieving and information. And at the same time, like I have been upset this week that I feel like I should have known more mm. in, in 2020. I feel like I should have known more. Wow. Well, as a person of color, can I just thank you for that sentiment? Um, it's really hard. Where we are is a really difficult place to be. And I also want to thank you for uh, allowing me to post in the group something that was, you know, a, a question about politics. Um, it felt like it. It Honestly, when I posted it, I wasn't 
I was certainly mindful of all of the stuff that's going on in the States, but my mind, I was thinking more about the upcoming election in November and also about the fact that um, that there's this group of yogis that are getting together that are trying to promote yogis uh, to, to register to vote. And so I was thinking more about that. And that had got me thinking about the connection between yoga and politics and how even, you know, Whenever you want to talk about politics in any venue, it's a it's a scary and sticky subject at the moment because we're such a divisive um, country. We're such a divisive world at the moment. And so it's you know, everybody always goes when you start edging towards politics, because it's a scary place to go when you don't want to fight (laughs) with someone. But I thought it would be great to open up the conversation to talk about you know, how is your yoga supporting you, you know, through this? Or how is your yoga tied to your politics? And uh, I appreciate you allowing that question to go through because it opened up a whole conversation of people, you know, just diving into that subject and sharing some really, really inspiring stuff about just the details of how they use their practice every day to kind of help them integrate what's happening and and integrate how they feel and manage the stress is what it's making me think of i i know um shannon you interviewed jeevan Heyman, who's the accessible yoga guy and is just doing fantastic work and i went to his training in new york in october and i honestly went there oblivious of, as usual thinking we're working on you know making modifications and i've, I've included mental health and i've included but whoa, did I get an education about how yoga is that yoga is political and, and it was about gender and it was about race and it was about white privilege. And that was wonderfully, deeply uncomfortable for someone who you know has come out of white privilege and maybe does shy away from that. Let's not get divisive. Let's keep yoga as a universal. But but our bodies aren't universal. You know, a black body and a white body is a, a black body is a much more vulnerable place to be in in the United States and in Australia and in Canada with your, mm-hmm. your indigenous people are also. So it opened the conversation and I don't think it's ever going to be pretty. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually think, as you said, you have to do your inner work and I think it should be uncomfortable <laughs> and that we should lean into the discomfort mm-hmm. The other thing I found interesting, and then I'll, well, you guys are probably thinking of some stuff to say, was um, there was some asking at that at training for guidance from some of the people of color or people of uh, other pronouns and things for education about it. And one wonderful woman said, if you can make a, a, a swan out of a napkin and look it up on Google, you can learn how to do this yourself. <laughs> it was just like, I am not teaching. This is not my responsibility. This is your responsibility to go find this stuff and work it out for yourselves. Mm. I don't know. I'm not sure of that long conversation in any different direction, but. Well, well, I've got a question. I've got, yes, based on that, first I have to say something and then I have a question. So I think there's a couple of different schools of thought around that because yes, there are the people who are going to say, look, it's not my responsibility to educate you, but personally, and I'd like to think, that I'm speaking for at least some segment of the population of people of color, I feel um, I, I want to support people who are asking for help and understanding how to deal with this 
how to manage this. You know, the people like you, Shannon, who are sort of saying, look, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm doing my best to try to learn as much as I can. It's going to be awkward. I'm going to make mistakes. But I really am wanting to engage, like sincerely engage in this process and try to learn. And my question for you is we've opened a can of worms. Like what the the group itself wasn't I mean, I, I don't I'm I don't know if you had any thoughts about the kinds of things specifically that would be shared there. But what happens now? Like are your how are you feeling about having this conversation and and, you know, having this conversation grow within the group? Oh, I'm all for this conversation in the group right now. Um, Does it still make me uncomfortable? 100%. I'm not the person also to, like, I can, I can call experts in, Mm. but I definitely am not the person to lead the conversation. Even if I, like yesterday, I took a two hour emergency workshop for white entrepreneurs, which was really well done, yeah. really well done. Um, it was yeah, was Trudy, say- Trudy LeBron who hosted it. Yeah. yeah, great. So huge shout out to her. Um, and can you share some like of the key bits that you learned in that? Like, can you share some of the stuff that yes. you thought was really fabulous? Yes, because I took furious notes, so they're in front of me here. One thing was, don't defensive. Mm-hmm. Just do better. And that, I mean, in everything, like I have seen the defensiveness come up in me in the group. If someone goes to post in the group and then I'm defending why the rules of the group are there. Mm. Right now, it is my job to do better. It's my job to to really listen and then ask, how can I do better? And I sent an email out today that was exactly that. I want to do better. And then it was like, please tell me how to do better. There were some amazing emails. Like I am talking like a content strategy was one of the emails. Wow. Like this beautiful. Yeah. I'm happy to send it over to you if I can get permission from that uh, person who sent it to me. Just this, like, I've been listening to the podcast for a while. I'm glad to see you're at this place today and mm-hmm. hear the ways that you can improve. And one one thing of that that has been so hard for me, and I've, I've been asking my team and my, my colleagues for a while, is how do I get a more diverse group on my podcast? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a huge question, like, obviously. And I asked my uh, one person of color on my team, you know, how do I do that? And she's like, you need to start, you know, broadening your circle as a white person. Like I live in a white community up here in Canada and I go to trainings with many white yoga people. So that's, that's some of the work I have to do. Um, another one is that I'm looking at the entire topic of spiritual bypassing for, the yoga world. And when I say I'm looking, like I'm looking at where I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my friend Mado t- told me something today that really helped as well. I know Mado Hessling. Yeah. 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 Mado's great. She She's did great. a great live yesterday um, to talk about how yoga is anti-racism. It was, a, it was fascinating. Ooh. 
Really? Because she started to have the yes, because there was a challenge to that in her group, and she addressed it very well. Oh wow, I'm in her group. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. <laughs> um, she talked about how we all she heard from someone, and I can't give any credit here, that we're all some type of percentage of racist. Mm. Everyone, and it, and if we looked at it in percentages. Yep. I'm nodding my head furiously about this. I totally agree with that. Well, uh, in, in what that, were some of the other things? Sorry. Insidious is the institutional racism that we don't see. It's the water that as fish we swim in. Yeah. That's because, yeah. of course, of course you're not. I mean, not of course. There are actively racist people. But for many of us, we feel like, oh, no, you know, we would never and we would be inclusive. But mm-hmm. what we're not seeing is our own white privilege. It's that mm-hmm. blindness to the, the platform which you were saying you were handing over. We don't even see it. So being quiet and stepping back is exactly the move to flip ourselves out of our, our tanks and onto the floor and feel what it's like to breathe some air instead of water and go, hey. Yes. Yeah. And I think the thing when you were saying like you are super comfortable sharing and you want to show up and help people who feel like they're at that spot. What I have heard over the past week and for a very long time is that some people are just feeling like you go figure this out. Like I am so busy fighting every single day and I cannot carry this sea of Mm. ignorant people really and I I feel like okay I like I'll you know our mastermind today decided we're going to dig into some books together like we will do a study group of a book club together and and the other thing that's really on my mind today is I was listening to a podcast I want to call out the podcast. I'll, I, it'll come to me. Okay. Shanta Grant. That's who it was. Shanta. Shanta. Oh, that sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. A great podcast, and I feel like I'm butchering her name. Anyway, she said, you know, this is the hashtag this week, but then what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean. Yep. So. Shanta Grant. That's it. Shanta. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's great. Wow, yeah. And here's the other thing I want to ask you. I want to flip the question now because here's one of my questions. I've been following her for a long time and we've been in the DMs back and forth. Mm-hmm. She shared that podcast today and I reached out to her just like I would any other time saying, hey, I would love to have you on the Connected Yoga Teacher podcast. And then I had this moment of thinking she's going to think it's because of because she's a person of color. Mm. Like I had this. I've wanted to have her on the podcast, but then I felt like I needed to explain. And I've had someone else come on the podcast. We did the whole interview. I had reached out to her for, uh, because she had written a, an amazing article. And at the end, she at the end after we hit like stopped recording, she said, "Thank you so much for giving me a voice as a person of color." And I was like, "I just want to let you know I'm not checking some box like on my diversity, like." It, and I, so I, I want to interview more people of color and I want them to know it's because I've done my research and I've found them like for their, do you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. 
I don't know how to ask the question. I do know what you're saying. I definitely know what you're saying. And I think, and I obviously I cannot speak for all people of color, but I think when you, when it gets to the point where there you've, you've, you've interviewed enough people of color and I don't know how many numbers that, how many people that is, but you've interviewed enough people of color that it doesn't feel for each individual new person. It doesn't feel like they're the token, like, Oh, I'm the, you know, she's got, and this is a challenge. And then this is a whole nother conversation we can have. And because, you know, the yoga world is what the yoga world is or in, and the world in general is what the world in general is. And so if your focus is really just on finding perhaps experts or people who are creating interesting work, whose work is being seen or shown in the world enough that you can find it, there's a very good chance that there, you know, that, that those numbers are going to reflect, you know, the, the same percentages that we're seeing in terms of people being a minority versus majority. So there's just going to be fewer people of color out there. But I think, you know, it's sort of an answer to your question uh, or to the, I think we were talking before about, um, what was it? Now I've totally forgotten, but basically what I'm saying is the more people of color that you engage with and not necessarily in your own circles. I know it's a challenge, you know, to go out and try to find black friends or whatever where you live. But we we have access to so many voices and so many people around the world. So the more people that you engage with and that you hear from and that you look into and that you feature and talk with, the the more, for lack of a better term, normal it will become. And the less mm-hmm. and the less that, you know, each individual person of color will be thinking, oh right, you know, I'm just the token this month or I'm just the token this this year or whatever it is. So it does take a little bit of work and it's it's more work, as I said, for those same reasons as, you know, the fact that there's not that many people out there. So you've got to, mm-hmm. you know, you got to work a little harder perhaps to find them. Yeah. I, I think it's so important that, that that you're getting someone there. You're you're interested in delving into their work, but it's because of their work. Yeah. They, yes, they exactly. So I loved what you said that your mastermind is going to delve in and actually make the work to look into this. Because if we don't look, we won't find it. Exactly. You're not going to get someone on just because they're black. You're yeah. going to get someone on because they've done great work. Yeah. And they're black. And yes. and so, you know, it it's and that's expanding that diversity and giving platform and voice. But it mm. you're not going to put someone on who hasn't done work. Mm. It's not a tokenism that way. It's expanding right. the platform. And you doing the work to expose yourself to more than what just falls at your doorstep. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's what, and I, this is what, like, I know this week is, I, I hesitate before I even say I love this, but what I love is that everyone's like, follow these people. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's, it's really laid out very well. If you go on social media right now, in this week, you will find the people to follow, mm. like, who are speaking out and and to really being open to listen. Mm. That's, that's a big piece of it. Yeah, it's unfortunate that we, you know, that we need situations like this for that to kind of bubble up and for these names to kind of, you know, to show up. But um I don't know. I mean, I think if we're if we're moving towards a society that is more 
uh, you know, that is more fair, that is more unbiased, then we do have to be kind of willing to hear and, and process and integrate all of these different voices and to seek them out. And I'm actually even sitting here thinking, right, what can you do? What can I do as a person of color? And I think, oh, I'm a member of other groups on Facebook that are specifically for, you know, black yoga teacher groups. And I think, gosh, you could share if there's somebody in there that you think is fabulous and doing amazing work. You could share their work just to ensure that other people hear and see that. And I think we probably all, you know, have someone or come or, or, you know, in the course of our whatever we do. Come, have come across somebody or will come across folks whose work we can share knowing that it might not otherwise get shared, you know, or might not otherwise get out there. Yeah. There is uh, two times this week, like there, one is a Facebook live and then one is a, a, an event happening online, obviously nothing in person right now here in Canada, but mm-hmm. uh, those two things, one thing that was brought up yesterday is we can, give our spot up to a person of color, which I really feel like that's a powerful thing that we can do right now. Um, Especially if there's an event and there are no people of color. So this is one thing that I realized a while ago, I was part of an online summit and there was, and afterwards it got called out for having not enough diversity. And I realized that this is happening a lot in the yoga world and it's Mm -hmm. up to us all of us collectively, now I will ask questions, right? So as soon as I get asked to speak at something, that's that's one of the leading questions. Are there people of color going to be there? Mm, I so appreciate that. I? I really do. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen summit after summit after, you know, online event after, you know, in-person event. And I've just gone, there's no one that looks like me in this group. No one. Yes. And I have to tell you from the other side, yeah. I got really defensive. I was like, well, how, how was I to know who was right. there or, or like, and that's that don't get defensive, just yeah. do better. So yeah, I, if I given the information, I would have asked, mm. do you have people of color there? Yeah. And, and that's such a chance for that dialogue because then the organizer is like, Ooh. Oh, I didn't even think about it. (laughs) So I asked for this, another conference that's coming up and they're talking about diversity. Um, It's Alison Russell that's hosting that. Yeah. And this week I'm going to have to have, I'm going to call her and say, would you prefer a person of color to speak instead of me? Um, Even though she, I know she has a diverse group, but in this, in what we're in right now, I just think it's, it's responsible for me to ask that. Yeah. For sure. Mm. So we've opened up. No, go ahead, Maria. Were you going to say something, Maria? No, I just think I, we all just took a big sigh. And I know. I think I think pausing because it's it's been a week where you're feeling a lot and trying to process a lot, and and I, you know, there's tremendous grief and horror at so many things. Really, it's just been just been the weirdest year. But this is just it's all led up to having this explosion of, of emotion and, and it's got to be good. Like it's doing better. And if it's going to be a catalyst for things, it's got to be a catalyst for action. Mm. But I, I could see that 
pause in us as we all just kind of take I know. I have a question. Like, I would be interested in your thoughts, Shannon, and maybe even both of y'all, about what do you think the role of the yoga community is in helping to bridge the gap, mend wounds, whatever it is? That's such a good question. I mean, what is the role of the yoga community right now? Here's, I, I don't know that I have the answer. I have a question. Yeah. Like, what is the balance of doing the inner work? Because it's not enough if I said, I'm going to go sit on a mountain and meditate. Bye. Like, mm. that's a lot easier. Like, I raised three kids as a single parent. Like, that mountain seemed very, like, the easy path. <laughs> the being in relationship. <laughs> there too. Being in relationship and struggling like doing the wrong thing over and over again as a human um but then taking action so the biggest thing this week is like I was like take action take action but it's it's going to be wrong so often yeah so my question yeah my question is how do we balance that inner work because we're if we say well, my job is to host a yoga class where everyone can show up and do their inner work. I think that's amazing. And then where, like you talked about Jivana, he will say he's an activist. And there's a, there's a, there's gotta be a good way to do this that is effective. That doesn't feel like you're forcing everyone to do something like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't have any answer. No, this is, it's a hard question. It really, it really is. And I, I suppose more than anything, it's about giving us all something to think about. You know, I, I, I'm keen to hear what Mado has to say about yoga and yoga and racism, but I feel, I feel really strongly that our ability to embrace that we're kind, that we are all one, like that we are all, you know, my pain is your pain is their pain is whatever. And that to me is like the underlying message of yoga. Um, Our ability to truly believe that, to truly feel that. And that comes from, you know, dealing with all the things that you talked about, three kids and paying the bills and whatever, and, and working through all those layers of life, being able to kind of process through all those layers of life and, And know that you're kind of more than just the anger you feel or the aggravation you feel or the frustration you feel. I don't know. When you talk, when you say it out loud, it sounds like something so small. (laughs) But (laughs) part of it is, I mean, part of our job is to bring people in touch with who they are really, with their genuine self. And if we get, if we, if you go into, before someone has those resources, to actually feel. So maybe our speechlessness is quite appropriate because we are feeling it. Unless you feel safe enough to come into a space and develop that sense of embodiment or empathy or uh, the ability to kind of use your mind and body together to feel, then you are just one of those hard people who is, is afraid and hard and closed. So those are really dangerous people. But then once, and I like the way Jeevana does it, is he kind of will invite you in and he will be very inclusive and get you very safe. But then he's not afraid once you're safe to go, okay, you're, you're there. Now I've got an uncomfortable question for you. 
mm-hmm. you know, and then you go, ooh, but you can safely sense the discomfort. And that's where you should do the work. And I, I, you know, not everyone in our society clearly has these resources. I think we're very under-resourced in just having, uh, feeling something. Mm. And then bypassing this sort of, oh, you know, the crap that goes on in yoga classes that is just such bull, that isn't that deep sense of I am so bowled over and speechless and having a stomachache because of the, the pain of this week. It's That's the first step. And then the next step is, okay, now I can lean into this discomfort and not completely fall apart myself or close back up like a clamshell. Mm. I think it feels like we're all struggling to figure out what we can do right now. Mm-hmm. And we're judging ourselves for going about our our normal routine or the what we had planned <laughs> for this week or this life or whatever it is. And we're thinking, is that still appropriate? And in fact, we were talking about that before we started recording because originally we we made this appointment with Shannon. We were going to talk all about pelvic health, pelvic floor health, and, you know, and all that she's got this upcoming course. And we were excited to talk all about that stuff. And then we kind of realized, wait a minute, maybe we should kind of open this conversation up a little bit. But, you know, I like to think especially for many of those people. And we've talked about a lot of great things that people can do in terms of educating themselves. But I would like to think uh, that offering your yoga class, offering a space for somebody to, to relax or to, you know, feel embodied or whatever it is, you know, you might think, oh, maybe I should cancel that or maybe I should whatever. I personally think we have to keep that up. I think we have to keep that going. These like the yoga spaces, classes, all of it, you know, this all of the stuff that we're doing. I think we have to we have to perhaps shift our thinking around it. And but I think that really what we're all doing is trying to offer space for healing. And it looks a lot of different ways. But I think that if we just say, no, I'm not going to do this because it's not. People wouldn't judge this as something that's appropriate or that is, you know, specifically addressing injustice, I think that that's, I don't actually think that that's the right way to do it. This is my person, this is my own personal opinion. I think we have to continue to offer space for people to explore and to, you know, to feel themselves and to discover themselves and to open themselves up to each other, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know if we mentioned it in the time we've been recording, but you've made a decision to not promote your your course this week, haven't you? You've pulled back from that. Yeah. So today was supposed to be the launch. I did send a, out an email because it it was in a podcast like it will be June the 1st, June the 1st. Mm-hmm. All of this was happening. So I sent out an email saying like explaining why. And then at the bottom was like, P.S., like. I still want to hold to my promise. The doors are open to pelvic health professionals. You can still join. I'm just, I will not be posting on social and sending you a pile of emails this week. And you know what? My, like my mastermind asked me today, well, how's your launch going? You know what? It's going really well anyway. Oh, good. And that's because I've done the work of talking about things before. Yeah. And it, it just would feel so wrong to show up and be like, this is so I I think this is 
another question, not an answer that I have, but I think that our teachers who are holding space in their small communities and they're like, I should be out there, you know, protesting, but maybe for whatever reason they can't be doing that. Or maybe like I live three hours away from a protest and I'm not supposed to drive that far. Maybe then the small community spaces that we are creating, is that what you're saying is like, we are still doing the work. Yeah. But I think it's important that we are able to stand up and say, these are my values. I am now like standing with this anti-racist movement. I am an ally. Absolutely. And thank you for that um, kind of clarification. Because really what I mean is that we have to continue doing what we're doing, but we have to shift the way that we're thinking about uh, the way that we're thinking about it. And we have to shift um, perhaps even the way that we're kind of engaging about it. Like, you know, I think somebody said, oh, well, this is the hashtag this week and then, you know, next week or whatever. We really kind of have to let go of that and we have to try to integrate like what all of this really means. Like the time has come, really. This isn't just an episode of some ridiculous reality TV show. Like this is affecting everyone's lives. It's affecting your life, whether you feel it or not. And so I think we've, we're all being called to think about this, to bring it into our, our hearts, our minds, feel it in whatever way that we feel it and have it impact how we are in the world, how we are with ourselves, how we are with other people. Because I think that's yeah. the only way that things will change. Yes, because I think that I think you're right, that we have the capacity to look at ourselves and say, how could I do better as an individual? 100 percent. And and that's where I think that's what yoga has uh, gently nudged me to do my entire life. Like, oh, isn't that interesting? Like, oh, that wasn't very graceful, that moment. (laughs) Yeah. I know a lot of people are afraid to show up right now because yeah. they're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing. Yeah. And not, that's how I was yesterday. It took me like, it felt like it took me two hours to make a post in the Connected Yoga Teacher group. And I asked people, please like call me out. And I think, I think if we could not take it as personal, like this, like <laughs> I'll just, I'll just do better. You, you teach me what I've done wrong. Not like, here, I want to your take your time up. Yeah. But if you see something, I mean, that's also what good friends do. Hey, yeah. that was not cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we've, you know, we've, we're in this kind of crazy place in the world now where people are are so afraid of saying anything. They're so afraid of, of making a wrong step. And I get it because people can be a little vicious. There's this whole like cancel culture and all this kind of craziness. And I personally, my belief is that is so counter to what we really should be doing. You know, it really is. If no one is willing to, you know, step a toe outside of their comfort zone, then we'll never get to a place where we can start to even understand each other. So again, I do really appreciate it. And I hate, and I hear you like that, you know, oh my goodness, I just had to go I had to, you know, do some real a lot of real thinking and asking and whatever about putting stuff out there. But, you know, personally, I would I would ask any people of color out there who are listening to this, can you please be compassionate? I mean, I know it's hard and we often think, you know, who knows? People like I might get I might get done for this. But I mean, I just feel like, look, we're all we 
everybody says, I, I do feel like we're kind of in this all together in some ways, you know? And so, you know, it, it, yes, it's easy to see situations where someone's saying, look, it's your responsibility to, you know, to help me. But it's also really easy to see when people are sincerely just trying to get it right. And so if we can just be open to that and to be compassionate, that's definitely yoga. I, I think I love mm-hmm. that Shannon took two hours to create a post. No, I, I think love what, that. I think <laughs> that the hard work, though, Shannon. It's not the spiritual bypass, and it is not what is so dangerous and and equally powerful, but dangerous about social media is in less than ten seconds you can share a post. You mm-hmm. you have no skin in the game, no blood in the game, no, no you haven't relinquished anything. You've just gone, yeah, I feel that. You know, I mean, you literally like 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 share that that that. That is so different to saying, wait a second, what am I feeling? How can I do better? That is the work of yoga. And when you talked about spiritual bypassing, I just love it because it's so easy for people to just do that fake work of yoga. And the real work, it it's supposed to be uncomfortable. And it's yeah. there is the discomfort that that you go, oh, this is interesting. How can I be both wise and compassionate and skillful? And so I wish more people were taking two hours to create a post. Mm. If somebody criticizes it, you actually can say, well, I spent all morning on it and I, and I actually did the best I can and I'm willing to improve, but I didn't just quick shoot it off because I'm so privileged. Whatever I say as a white person is fine. Yeah. I, it's, (laughs) I appreciate that you're like, (laughs) That it took me two hours. And I feel like that training with Trudy LeBron, like, gave me a lot of information. She has a podcast I would highly recommend that, I don't know if you can get her on your podcast. I sure reached out right away to ask her on mine. I'm sure she's very busy right now. Yeah, bet. Um, I'll write her name down there. Yeah, (laughs) because she showed this image in the training and it was an image of it looked like for me it looked like three children standing trying to see a baseball game and the fence went up like kind of on a slope but the ground went down so these three children were sitting on three boxes but only one of them could see the baseball game Mm. and she was like just take that in for a moment and then and then it showed the person on the the lowest slope of land with the highest piece of fence had three blocks. The next person had two and the next person had one. And that showed all three people could now see the baseball game. And that was the difference between equity versus equality. Like we can say we're all equal, but guess what? We're not all showing up equal here. And then... The third picture was justice, and that was where everybody was tearing the fence down. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it was rare, it was really powerful. Like visuals like that, and I'm a visual learner, mm. then that, that made a big difference. Of It's important maybe to note that, that all of us are sitting, two of us in Australia and one of us in Canada. Mm. And they are countries through their health system that value equity. Yes. They, yeah. We value equality, but we value equity. We are not willing to step over dead people on our way into the hospital. You know, we, we, there is that safety system. And 
I was, I, both Shara and I grew up in the United States. Equality and the equal crack at things is, is what's valued. And I, I think that's coming unstuck right now. So that equal image is so important because I think it's very easy when you're in a position of privilege to think that everyone has an equal chance to see over the fence. And you don't. Yes. That's exactly it. And I, and I, and this week I was like, why didn't I see this? And I realized this has got to be so frustrating to black people. Like that's where I was upset with myself. Like, yes, I saw this and there were pieces of it that I didn't. And I do think this, like I have to sign up that this is an ongoing process where I have to add this in as like, you know, as important as it is for me to make yoga accessible to all bodies, this is another thing. I need to make yoga accessible and my message and my group, that brave space. And it, and I cannot, it's like I couldn't see it, but how are we, I don't know, I guess that's the thing. I do get a little bit frustrated with myself when there's something like, I feel like, why couldn't you see that mm-hmm. in the same way that you see it today? <laughs> Does mm-hmm. that make sense? It totally makes sense. And I feel like yoga has taught me that lesson. There are things that I learned, quote unquote, you know, a decade ago. And I was just like, I don't get this. We've been talking about this, haven't we? We were talking about the yoga sutras. And I was like, I don't uh, not this isn't this is not it's not sinking in. But my as my personal experience has changed, as, you know, as me as an individual has changed and my capacity for understanding things has shifted. And that's only through time and experience. That's it. Like I'm still, I probably still have the same IQ as I did 10 years ago. Um, Our capacity for understanding and processing things changes. And then one day, all of a sudden something appears and we're like, what? That was always there? Hold on. I couldn't see that before. We just have to be grateful that we can now, you know, and yeah. we have to, and we have to understand that this is just part of the process. So for so many people, I'm so glad you brought this up, Shannon, for so many people who just even now are like, I don't know, this is still not, I'm still not so sure. Just be willing to be with it. Because a time will come if you're willing to be with it, if you're not pushing it away, a time will come where you'll, you know, you'll see, you will understand. Somebody will present something in a picture or a story or something that resonates and you'll go, oh boy, I see this now. That's the, and I have no place to speak on this, but the upsetting thing is then it takes, it's taking lives yeah. Lives from COVID, lives from injustice to make that visible. That's that I can't imagine what it's like on the other side of that to mm-hmm. be like, see this, see this, see this. You all don't see this. Yeah. And now I feel like more responsibility. And this is where the part comes in of. What can I do? Like, mm-hmm. I want to make a bigger difference. Mm. I don't wow. know what that is. I have a question because yeah. I love you identify yourself in your podcast as a mother of three children and a yoga teacher. <laughs> I, I just think that I, I think that um, that really it places you. 
how and we all have children and, and I think how are you talking to your children about this are you talking to your children about this and yeah. what, what are they you know what are they because that's the next generation isn't it that's who that's right yeah uh I started to have like mom guilt this post came up of all the books that you should have read to your kids and I was like I didn't know um <laughs> sure. my daughter my daughter has been she's 15 so she's here the boys are away working right now <clears throat> and they're not living in our bubble so they come to visit us in the yard but they don't come in the house uh, and they don't live here anyway they're older my two sons, I call them boys. They're young men. <laughs> uh, Sage, my daughter, has been in a place where she's w- watching Instagram. Mm. And I said to her today, I know it's getting heavy. Like I could see it on her face. And we had this discussion about how hard it is to post when you know that people are going to judge you for what you post. And she said she couldn't s- sit by and watch what other people were posting any longer. Um, and there are hard, she has hard questions. And so I, I question my, um, my parenting and then I'm, I really want to be having the discussions. That's all I can do. Mm. Yeah. Not perfectly, just fumbly. Shara, have you been talking to your kids? Yeah. Yeah. A lot about it. Mine are 16. I have 16 year old twins. And, um, yeah, we've been talking about it a lot and just because it's there and for the exact same thing, they're seeing things and they're kind of forming their opinions and their kind of their independent opinions and beliefs around it. So from our point of view, even though I'm sure it's clear to them how we feel, my husband and I, how we feel about what's going on, we're more just talking about looking at what's going on. Just let's, you know, what is actually happening here? Um, as opposed to trying to be in one camp or the other, it's more because I want them to understand is this is complex. What yes. you are seeing here is history. It's, you know, it's the current situation. It's pandemic. It's, there are there's so much more going on here than just people, you know, lighting things on fire and, and breaking windows and and being in pain. You know, there's a lot behind this and this and life is complex. And so we just have to, you know, feel what we're feeling, be willing to feel what we're feeling and how what can we learn about ourselves from it? What stuff you know, what stuff stirs something in us and what aspect of what we're seeing is that stuff? You know, is it the injustice? Is it the, I haven't been able to watch any video, any of the videos of the, I can't, I can't watch any of that. I won't either. But, you know, what is that? Because I think the parts that are stirring us is our connection to other people. You know, when we're seeing some, like that bit of humanity. And so, uh, yeah. It, what can you do? We have no answer. We should know as parents, we don't have any answers. We're just trying to, we're just trying to get through this. So I think all we can really do is just, you know, support, be there for them and listen and maybe even ask questions about how they're feeling and, and whatever. And, but not necessarily try to make it all okay. Cause I don't mm-hmm. think we can. Yeah. I feel like I'm learning from my kids. <laughs> yeah. That's great. They're good at this. Yeah. 
their just the way that they negotiate it and the way that they look at it is is interesting. And my daughter works for an organization. She's it's Reconciliation Week in Australia, so it happens to be the week where we are talking about what it is to be an Indigenous Australian and and creating consciousness about that. So it's interesting time. Interesting. And we've you know similar problems. We have a lot of black deaths in custody and um, a lot of brutality and. Yeah. Um, and she's just been focusing on posting as many, as much awareness of people who are of color or indigenous Australians who've been writing books and things like that and posting that in her work and stuff. So it's, it's been interesting to see that response rather than necessarily her own messages, just, just getting as much out there as possible. I really like that. I have a question for both of you, uh, because this is what started the you reached out to me on Facebook and asked me, yeah. can I post this political question? And I was like, this is important. And here's the thing in our household. This just got me thinking about the kids. I love to talk politics. Now, I really try and keep it off the podcast and out of the group. But I come from a very fiery family that like talks about politics a lot. Like I was never taught, don't go talk about politics at a party. Oh, my family didn't say that. They probably could have, like, instilled that in me. Uh, so my kids hear a lot about politics, and they bring it all to the table, and we all kind of have, like, not real arguments, but debates, for sure. Awesome. And you had asked me, or you had shown me this list, like, I'd love if you describe what this is of how yoga and politics fits together, does that. And I want to just say, I realize this is a different issue than what we've been talking about. We've been talking yeah. about a humanity issue, but it is interweaved. It's political. Definitely. <laughs> I think it is. I, I do. Um, so I originally, yeah, I, I, Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield and David Lipsius, who are I, most people kind of have a sense of who they are in the yoga world, at least there may be some yoga students who don't know who they are and I'll just I'll cover that in the outro or intro or something but um they have put together an a whole effort to get yoga yogis yogins out to register to vote in the US election in November they're all getting behind and so they've co- they've collected signatures of about 108 yogis <laughs> auspicious number of yogis <laughs> to kind of promote this effort. And they've put together a whole website with information on voting, voter registration and all the rest of it. And, and they've also put together a letter that's basically appealing to, and I'll put a link to the letter in the, in the, um, in the show notes uh, that's appealing to the yogic community to regardless of what side of the political fence that you that you sit on to um, engage in this process, to engage in this process of, you know, I don't I don't want to say politics, but it's really more about it. It is like um, it is like embracing your responsibility as a householder. And the yoga is the foundation of that. So the yoga is kind of this foundation from which you can, you know, be your the best version of the householder as possible. And so really they're they are just appealing. They, we are just appealing to because yogi yogis have a lot of yogis have different views about politics. Like you were kind of saying, Shannon, it's not something that you talk about on the podcast or various things. 
And a lot of people have views about p- politics, you know, being in or out of yoga. But I think what they're appealing to or what we're all appealing to is to have yoga inform the way that you engage with politics and to make it OK, you know, just to make it OK for people to um, to do that, to engage. And yeah. so, yeah, that's what this letter was really all about. And I do hope that everyone does like have a listen because if we think about the values that most yoga teachers have and we look at the the philosophy of yoga and we've studied that for a while like if we take a himsa alone those are the people i want voting yes exactly <laughs> we totally disagree and they vote for something that we don't agree with as you said at least yeah. they're engaging and having yeah. a voice in australia yeah. voting is compulsory yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's compulsory. You get yeah. fined if you don't vote. And I absolutely love that because it's like, do not sit on your sofa telling everybody how crap you think things are. Get off your butt. Inform yourself. So you've got to put something down on that piece of paper. Now is your civic obligation to find out who on earth you're voting for and what are the issues and what is going on. Mm, Where it's yeah. It's, again, a bypass that a lot of people, they'll just moan and groan or let it wash over them. But they aren't engaging because they don't get off their butts to to actually make a statement. They just opt my, out. My and dad always said to me, if you want to sit around this table and fight about politics, you better be voting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. And so I, I, I think the same thing, you know, we, we can teach being political and being active without telling people how to vote. So nobody is oh, saying yeah. you should do yeah. That. And it's the same. I think we teach yoga in a, I hope, in a secular way, if you're teaching, you know, on larger platforms, and it should support everybody's spirituality regardless. But, but the principles underlying it are not of bypassing, not of just not engaging, but of doing the work. Mm. Yes. Engage this skillful engagement with what are the issues and what are my feelings about it and what can I find out and who can I talk to? Yeah. Right. See, this is one of the conversations that we have been avoiding in the group. And I wonder if we're doing a disservice by doing that. Well, I'd say not partisan politics. So can we not talk about who you're voting for? Anyway, I'm hoping everyone, it's obvious who they're going to vote for (laughs) in the United States. But anyway, no. no. But but it it doesn't need to be said. And I. Yeah, is if you do engage people with ahimsa and with satya and with satosha and, you know, then uh, and svadhyaya, you know, it's like hopefully they're going to put the, the, the check in the right place on the voting card. But otherwise, at least they've done the work to get themselves there. How much is the charge if you don't vote in Australia? Ooh, good question. I think it's like one and two hundred dollars. Yeah, Ooh, like a good chunk of change. It's yeah. a chunk of change. It can't obviously because it would um, it would it it hits people who are um, underprivileged. Sometimes they just haven't been able to do that, or because they haven't don't get mail or don't have an address. Yeah. Oh, I see. In state, I just looked at the first thing that came up on Google was Western Australia. You get charged twenty bucks for your first time. Oh. Reoffender, you get fifty bucks, but that may just be in a state election. So there's yeah. also federal federal charges. So you have to vote even in council. Like you, you got to vote. Everything. <laughs> you gotta, All you of them. Up and put your name down. <laughs> we got, I, I like really that like that. No, that was, we don't have that here. No. Oh, wow. I'm always bugging my kids. Like if it's voting day and yeah. they're stopping in to visit, because they often will. 
and there's big discussions leading up to it. Like who, you know, who are you voting for? My kids will always ask me. That's the other thing I like to be really open and honest with my kids. When I was, when my, I was growing up, my parents didn't want to talk about who they were voting for. Like it was a secret, Mm -hmm. which I understand. Like, did they not want to influence you or? Did they just I mean, I was not want to have to defend themselves? I think they didn't want to have to defend themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I put a sign on my lawn, so it's pretty clear who I'm voting <laughs> for. <laughs> uh, oh, well, ladies, this has turned into like a tea with friends um, moment. I just, yeah, Shannon, firstly or lastly, I just want to say thank you so much for everything you do. You are holding with that group, with your podcast, with everything you do, you are holding some real powerful and yes, brave space for us as teachers um, to do the work that we have to do and to think about what drives us to do it. And, you know, to, to get through those moments of fear and weakness that come from, you know, when we don't know how to put together a script or we, whatever it is, you know, or we don't know what, how to do the music or some of those really simple things, but all the way to, you know, what our values are and how we can express those. And you're doing it in such a beautiful and open way and embracing your own, I don't know, what you know and what you don't know about some of the sticky situations, but also just a willingness to have the uncomfortable conversations. And I think that that is just setting such a wonderful example for the yoga community to follow. So thank you for doing all of that. Mm, I agree. I think you, and you have this morning brought your own vulnerability into it. And it, and what you end up doing is creating a safe space for other people to bring their vulnerability to it too. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like you're going to clamp shut on anyone. It's like, no, let's let's create a safe space to do this work together well I really appreciate both of you having this chat today like I was very I was really thinking oh it's so good I'm so glad we have this call today and then when we started talking I was like oh I really don't think we should talk about pelvic health that should not be that like it feels silly to talk yeah. about it uh even though it's very important it is very um, <laughs> just okay. right now it isn't, it isn't. Too. we'll have to have that conversation one day yes for sure actually but yeah so your your course is still open i don't even want to i don't want to super plug it but i did do just want to say that and i'll throw some stuff into the outro about it for anybody who's interested because yes it is still important <laughs> it's still it important yeah. uh but i did want to say like thank you both for having this conversation and thank you also for acknowledging we all live in quite privileged countries. Yep. And I would invite anyone who is feeling like, hey, I have a message to add, or I have something like, I want those voices to be heard. And I I'm I am in a good place where I can hear feedback as well. Mm, same. Like, group, like, hey, do this. Like, what about this? Do you didn't think about this thing? So that's right. So Send you're offering an invitation from the three of us, really, for for that help doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone yeah. else is like, it's OK, well, I found this resource super helpful or this yeah. was uncomfortable. Those are the stories that I learned from anyway. So Same. Like, right. Well, we finished our tea. And I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next conversation. Thanks again, Shannon. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Okay, so much juicy stuff in this chat. I'm still thinking about what we discussed, and I know that this is this conversation is really only just getting started. Since our talk, 
shannon being the powerhouse that she is has already reached out to some wonderful and noteworthy women of color to share their wisdom with the connected yoga teacher community and i'm really excited and looking forward to that as well maria and i are also going to be jumping into the connected yoga teacher community in a couple of weeks to talk more about the yoga of politics as i said we've opened a can of worms and so where are you in all of this you know, in some ways, I feel that this current situation is really asking us all what we believe. Where are we in our education about these issues? How willing are we to engage in this process to learn and to do the hard work of change within ourselves and our homes and our communities? You know, this time, it feels like it's all about waking us up to ourselves and nothing feels more yogic than that. We would love to hear from you. So what are your questions and what are your challenges? What is this time, the state of things, bringing up for you or showing you about yourself? If you feel moved, please drop us an email to share your thoughts and experiences. We would really love to hear from you. You know, we mentioned in passing that Shannon's Pelvic Floor Health, cor health Course is open for enrollment. And so I just wanted to remind you to jump on over to her website. The details for that are in the show notes to check it out. And we've got a bunch more juicy conversations lined up to share with you in the coming weeks. We're really excited about some of the people we'll be talking with. And of course, we'll be talking with each other. So please stay tuned. Take care of yourself. And thank you so, so very much for listening. Namaste. Namaste.